welcome to another episode of the Beef Bits Podcast. I'm Dr. Jeff Limcooler, Extension Beef Cattle Specialist at the University of Kentucky. Through the Beef Bits Podcast, we will share current news, management tips, new research, and other issues related to beef cattle production. I'll be joined by various guests to bring different views and insights on beef cattle topics. I hope you will follow or subscribe to the Beef Bits Podcast and find the information useful. Welcome to another episode of the Beef Bits Podcast. I'm joined today by Dr. Dare Bullock, Extension Professor at the University of Kentucky. Dare, how are you today? Doing good, Jeff. How about you? Finally got a little bit of rain, but uh, I could still use a little bit. Just the same, but uh, we're, we're better than we were a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. I was just talking to one of our agents in the western part of the state yesterday, and um, they just like what Katie and Kevin have told us, they're, they're almost crying of too much rain. Yeah, I think South has got a bunch too, but um, we're in, a, especially up here just north of Fayette County, we're, we're in a little spot that just, it seems like every front that comes through splits right at us. And uh and then starts up again when it gets a little east of here. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll take what we can get. I think uh, I had about mm, half an inch yesterday, and it looks like maybe another three quarters of an inch uh, this morning from last night's rain. Really? We didn't get any last night. I got the half inch yesterday, but didn't get a drop last night. Yeah. Welcome to thunderstorms, right? <laughs> Welcome to Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, classes are... Full swing back in action at UK, right? Absolutely. Well, as, as full swing as you get during the COVID, I guess. So you're um, you're the lead instructor for our beef production class. What's the uh, class look like this semester? Um, pretty typical of our class. We 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 are teaching in person, and uh, as you know, you're one of my co-instructors, uh, along with Dr. Anderson, and uh, we have 24 in the class. Um, uh, fair mix in male and female, uh, quite a few out-of-state students uh, in the class. Uh, we, we get quite a diversity, a uh, good many pre-vets, but a um, couple of kids off the farm um, and some with absolutely no knowledge of beef cattle whatsoever. So a typical class. Yeah, and it seems like even, um, uh, even though we have an eight o'clock class, um, you know, they're coming awake and ready and asking questions and seems like it's going to be a good class this semester again. Yeah, so far the interaction I think has been been good. Yeah. So as as we look at that, um, you know, we've had to make some adjustments too, thinking about how we're going to uh, limit exposure. You know, we, we've typically done visits to farms so that they can do some calf processing and, and some of that on farm, but um, we've had to make some changes this year, haven't we? Absolutely. And actually, Jeff, that leads in pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, we we uh, introduced the new project this year, bringing in some feeder calves for the cat, for the class to work with. And that's a project you kind of developed and, and are overseeing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? That's uh, a interesting way for us to try to help uh, get some hands on we we had some pins over at the uh, research unit uh, because of the the dairy heifers not being there now and so we talked to to the farm manager and the faculty supervisor and and the department chair uh, they gave us the green light to buy some feeder calves in 
so we're going to work with uh, folks here locally and get some, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 head enough that they can process them and yet um, not so many that we don't have pen space for them. And buy those feeder calves here in September, like most people would be doing to precondition them basically, right? So they're going to come in and we're going to try to turn them around in 45 days, uh, roughly 45 days and precondition these calves. And this will get us to that time frame before the semester ends that they can go through the whole process of arrival uh, processing, developing a nutrition program, monitoring health, uh, and then thinking about a marketing plan and, and then looking at their net profit loss on a group of calves. Yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. They get to work them a couple of times, and then we actually have it set up to where they're going to get to watch the calves sell when we when we sell them there at the at the end of the at the end of the project. So, uh, looking forward to it. Yep, and I, I think for us, it's um, it, it you know I'm con- always a little bit concerned when we go out, um, even with students just driving to other producers' farms. You know, we've had issues of people getting lost and being a little bit late and then somebody getting in an accident there on the way back. And so uh, with COVID now, it's just one more kind of layer of that, that we're trying to take some extra precautions on. Yep, absolutely. But uh, we're, we're, we're adjusting just like everybody else is having to adjust. That's right. Well, we, we always like to lead in with market news as well. So um, let's talk a little bit about markets. Uh, you know, we, we do these podcasts every two weeks, and so we try to kind of look at what's happening in the markets and where things are at. And we have seen the impacts of the weather that have that hit the Corn Belt. And looking at our local corn prices here for the uh, last week's prices coming through that has shown an increase in 20 cents a bushel. Uh, we're looking somewhere in the neighborhood of 341 to 356 uh, on the corn markets, uh, according to the Kentucky uh, Ag Market Report. So starting to see that impact of of having those 14 million acres being hit. Yeah, my dad sold some calves, um, I guess it was uh, in the last week, and uh, he he took a hit, he was saying, on those. So, yeah. I think we're going to start feeling it in the calf market a bit. Yeah, so if we if we look this week at uh, the reported averages for the state, uh, 450 to 500 uh, pound calves were bringing 151.42 uh, last week. They were at 153.61, so they are starting to show a little bit of a, a tail off. And uh, the 550 to 600 pound steers were 145, and last week they're 147. So it, it appears that is beginning to hit them just a just a little bit. Yeah. Um, if I look at what's going on as far as um, working through cattle, you know, we we tend to always discuss a little bit of how COVID has impacted the um, the fat cattle side and. Um, this week, I looked up the weekly steer and heifer slaughter, and we're, we're trending along at the same pace now here uh, since we got into late July and August. Uh, for the most of the month of August, um, it was up about the same levels as 2019 on processing finished cattle. 
So, so, so the backlog's getting cleared out a little bit. A, a little bit. Um, uh, it was at about five hundred twenty-three thousand head that were processed last week, which was down just 02 percent compared to um, last year at the same time. The challenge is. Um, there's still the number of cattle that have been on feed for more than 120 days at the beginning of August uh, is still up compared to last year. So um, that is a little bit of an indication that we haven't quite moved through all of those. It's about eight to nine percent above where we were a year ago. Right. So that that may slow things down. And then I seen a report. Uh, yesterday that grocery spending for the month of July was down and, uh, it seems like maybe the, um, COVID second round of, of supplemental payments has been held up some, and there's concern about that, that may have it be impacting a little bit of the dollars being spent on meat products. Yeah, I, I'm curious too, Jeff, because you know um, when, when all the big scares were going on and everybody was loading up their freezer, at, at some point in time, there's got to be some backlog there as well that people are just eating out of their freezer um, and, and not buying as much as the store. I would think that would be reflected there a bit as well. Yeah, I think you're right, and maybe that will correct itself here over time. Right. Yeah, need them need to get them back in buying buying beef again. Exactly. I, on a positive note, even though corn is up and maybe that that price on the corn is starting to soften the feeder cattle markets a little bit. It, I looked at um, kind of the profit loss projections for feed yards, and if we looked at um, kind of the profit loss proje- projections, you know, they were running about. $200 to $250 in the red um, for those cattle that were being marketed back in early August. But um, right now, it looks like that is beginning to correct itself a little bit. If you looked at um, cattle that would have been sold this week, uh, that has corrected back where losses are only about $68 ahead. And then the projected closeout for cattle that might be put on feed this week is a loss of about $60 a head, $63 a head. So that's a, th- those would be, you know, no risk protection per se, or very minimal risk protection. So it looks like it's beginning to trend back a little bit. Right. Need, need to get that back on the positive, Jeff. Absolutely. If, if we don't correct that, then that's going to continue to keep our feeder cattle prices suppressed a little bit as well. Yep. They can only eat it for so long and then it's got to, got to reflect back up the chain. Yeah. So I I thought this week uh, you've got another program start. Well, not another, but you're going to start a program back up and R O W L I. You are the king of acronyms, aren't you? (laughs) <laughs> I, I can roll with them how <laughs> i like that i don't know that i've ever heard you say roll so tell us tell us a little bit about what roll is uh well rolly actually but uh it's uh reaching out while locked in uh we came up with that when right when the the covid first hit and we all went on our 
initial hiatus and uh and it sort of just seemed like we were locked in so it seemed like a good way to to keep extension moving and and try and get some information out to producers uh all from the the comfort of our homes and so um that was sort of the 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 coming up with the name anyway Jeff. but yeah we are starting it back up you know that is a that is something that perhaps folks don't really realize, you know, in our role, we do a lot of education programs in the evenings at, at county offices and that, and the county offices are opening back up, but, you know, it, it's difficult to do the social distancing with groups of, you know, 50 to 70 people in a meeting room. And I, I think it hit me finally on the first day of class when I walked into the auditorium that would normally seat 135 people and with social distancing would only hold 23. So when we start thinking about our evening type meeting programs that we're accustomed to doing, it makes it a challenge to try and host those even now. Yeah. Well, even Jeff, think about the number of field days we would normally do over the summer. And um, we just, those haven't been around. I mean, we've had to, this is our adaptation to that, I guess. That's right. So thinking about trying to circumvent those challenges, this ROWLI, um, when when did it first get kicked off? Oh, gosh. Now you're putting me on the spot. I think uh, I think we started in the first of April. I think the first, I think we went every Tuesday in, in April, and that was how we initially started and, and we thought we would probably be back to normal after that <laughs> but as it turns out we weren't so we expanded and did a, another month we went through may then and uh made it through may and uh we're still in the situation so if you recall we then brought back in uh some of our researchers and, and we teamed up with them and, and continued the session over the summer pairing up with some of our research faculty um, and then we've, uh, when, when we got to August, we decided to take a break. Um, and so we've been, we've been off for, for about a month, but, uh, it looks like this trend of, of social distancing is going to stay with us for a while. So we went ahead and, and, uh, we planned out the program to, to go through the rest of the fall now. So we are going to continue it now through the rest of the fall. And as we look as the program that's coming up here for the fall, what are some of the topics that are going to be discussed on the program? Okay, we're going to keep it on Tuesday night, so at, at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, so uh, we're keeping that same format. We're not going to go every week. Uh, we're going to start actually next week on September 8th, and uh, we thought it would be a good idea, Jeff, what you and I were discussing earlier about the markets and, and what's going on with the corn situation and, and the uh, still trying to work through the COVID situation of what was happening with the market. So we've got Dr. Birdine to come in and he's going to talk about uh, kind of what's going on with the markets, the current situation there. Uh, and then Kevin Laurent, who's kind of leads our charge on, on some of these uh, uh, value added programs is going to get a little, give a little talk to, uh, to kind of at least show some of the strategies possible for producers if they wanted to try and add a little extra value to their calves before they sold them. Uh, he's going to go through some strategies for that as well. 
Excellent. And that will be a good kind of kickoff to Kevin was on the last podcast talking about the uh, PVAP program. And so uh, if you want to learn a little more about the PVAP program, you can go back and listen to uh, episode two. But we're still early enough right now thinking about the first part of September to plug into some of those value added marketing programs. Absolutely. So after that session, uh, what do we jump into as far as other topics? Well, uh, on the we're, we're going to pause for a week, so we'll, there'll be a two-week stretch. And then on September 22nd, we're going to break the mold again, and we're going to have our first out-of-state invited speaker uh, come on on September 22nd. Uh, we've asked Dr. Allison Van Enenam. Uh, she's a professor at the University of Cal Davis. Uh, and, a, and she's a, basically a genomics DNA technology expert. And uh, so she's going to give a talk on some of the advanced genetic technologies that are out there and available from, from some that are currently being used and very practical to even, you know, discussing some of the things that are kind of out there a little bit. Uh, some of the, the possibilities with the gene editing and, and some of those things that, that we hear a lot about in the news. And um and, you know, at least right now, our hands are tied uh, through governmental regulations on some of that technology, but um, the possibilities are still out there. That name may be familiar to some folks uh, trying to think back. I believe it was uh, our, if it wasn't our first, it was our second Kentucky Beef Efficiency Conference when Allison was here and gave a presentation Yep, she was uh, out at the Owensboro when one of one of the times we were in Owensboro. Yep, she came and and spoke to us. I've I've worked with Allison for years. We're good friends, and um, we kind of we kind of help each other out from time to time. So I, I didn't have to twist her arm too hard. Well, and she's uh, been in the popular press quite a bit with some of the discussion on the CRISPR technology and uh, how that technology might be utilized in in beef cattle in the future. So I think this will be a very timely topic, and it. It is on that leading edge, and I think everybody kind of needs to know what potential is out there for some of the technological advances. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. And I mean, there's not anybody in in the really and truly the world that that is more, you know, known for extension education on genomics technology at all than Allison. It's a a treat to have her to come on and... um, and, and you're not going to find anybody that's that's more respected than her in, in this area. And if you haven't seen the uh, short little, um, I don't know that it was short, but the um, kind of the movie video that they did several years ago, I'd encourage folks to go back. I mean, if anything, Allison is extremely passionate about this industry and, and where it's going. So I, I would encourage everybody to go back and, and watch that video. Yep, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. And two, I was hoping that you would come up with it. (laughs) No, but it was the one basically uh, trying to encourage uh, that basically science. Uh, It was it was encouraging folks to pay attention to the science, not just the basically the the hype that's out there for a lot of what we deal with in the ag industry, and um, to let science guide our way and. It'll come to me before it's all over, but uh, but yeah, it's a great great movie, and uh, yeah, she was instrumental in, in getting that done. So, what else are we looking at for for topics as we go a little bit further? Uh, um, 
thinking about some of the other management potentials, uh, kind of timely topics and that going into the fall. Right. We're going to also have two sessions during the month of October. So we're, the first one will be October 13th. And that's going to be, we're going to bring Dr. Anderson back in and he's going to give a talk on trying to get organized for the breeding season because we're, you know, he, he stressed he wanted to go ahead and get that done early because a lot of times people wait too long before they start planning. Uh, we, we're, we're a ways away at that point in time, uh, but he's wanting to get people to, to start thinking about uh, getting ready for the breeding season, getting their cows in the right condition to be bred and some of those things. Uh, that's going to be the first one in October. And then uh, Dr. Van Balen, uh, Katie Van Balen, is going to give us one on preparing for winter feeding. So just getting people prepared for that inevitability here in Kentucky of, of trying to keep the cattle uh, in good flesh over the winter. Um, and, and, and so she'll be giving some, some strategies of preparing uh, for, for that management practice as well. Excellent. It, it came to me... Uh... Food Evolution was there you the go. movie um, piece that Allison was in, and I'd encourage people to go back and watch that. So, so this year, you know, it it seems like that will be timely too. When Dr. Van Valen comes in, it's always a challenge when we start looking at feeding cows through the winter with uh, unknown hay quality. And that will tie in well, and I'll, I'll make a little plug for the Eastern Kentucky Hay Contest. Uh, the agents over there work really hard to promote forage testing, and they do a contest to try and promote that, and that will be coming up here. They get somewhere between 500 and 600 entries into the contest, and um, I hope folks will take advantage of that over on the eastern part of the state. Uh, it's a great program. It doesn't... Um, take a whole lot of effort and the agents spend an incredible amount of effort trying to do that. So that will be good for them. And then they can kind of pull in and listen to the program and kind of get some ideas on how to supplement cows if need be from Dr. Van Valen. So um, what are some of the other topics that we'll wrap up with then for the ROWLI program? Yeah, so uh, the the next session is going to be in uh, November. We're going to go November the 10th, um, and that's going to be uh, Winter Feeding Structures structures uh, by Dr. Higgins. Uh, he's going to give, give a, a, a talk basically on, on some of the work that he's been doing. A, a lot of the, uh, for people that are familiar up at Eden Shale, he's, he's put a, a lot of those structures in up there. And so uh, he's going to be giving a talk on that. And then uh, kind of sticking with the structure theme, um, we have uh, um, Dr. Hayes and, and Dr. Jackson uh, Morgan Hayes and Josh Jackson, who are our biosystems and ag engineer folks, uh, are going to be giving a talk on structures and, and working facilities. So once again, maybe some of these structures that we've been talking about, uh, you know, we've been talking about, you know, trying to build up the feeding industry here in Kentucky. And so I think Dr. Hayes is going to give some information on some structures or, or what people need to think about in terms of of developing some of the structures necessary to do that because Jeff, you know, we complain about the rain all the time, but it's a fact of life here, whether we either tend to have too much or too little. 
Um, and, and so uh, she's going to uh, kind of at least give some possibilities of how to keep a little bit of the mud down maybe with, with some of the structures. And then Dr. Jackson um, going to talk some about some things to think about when developing your, your working facilities and all. And those guys are going to be uh, in uh, December. That should be on December the 8th is when uh, that talk is going to be. So that's going to get us through to about Christmas time. And then um, usually it's kind of hard to have many meetings past that. So uh, we'll see where we are with, with COVID at that point in time. And if um, if we're still kind of in this locked in, locked out mode, we'll, we'll see about extending this into 2021. I think those would be interesting topics for folks and a lot of people that have maybe seen some of Dr. Higgins work on the hay feeding structures and that with cubby feeders and some of the other uh, in the field type feeders, they'll probably be interested to see his new efforts. Uh, he's got kind of a different feeding design incorporated into a barn. So that will probably be presented, I'm guessing, and, and folks may have not seen that yet. And then yeah, I think that you bring up a really good point on the the interest in the feeding uh, industry here, and that could be a potential for some of our folks to expand and diversify some of their marketing strategies. And uh, as we go through that, one of the challenges that I always tend to see when folks build structures is um, they they can get the structure built. Uh, sometimes it's it's little things like where did they build it, and will you have good natural airflow? Um, and those little pieces can kind of add up to challenges in the long run. So learning a little bit about buildings and that is is always good before you throw some money at it. And then the other flip side of that is um, you know the the Ag development funds, um, you know, the, the Ag Development Board did approve to get money into all counties through the CAPE program now. And that that CAPE money has gone a long way to help producers put in working facilities. And, you know, even if you're in a county that doesn't have a lot of, of CAPE funding, Josh uh, can give you some ideas maybe on how to stretch those dollars. And that may be a combination of of uh, custom built versus pre-commercial built pro, uh, products. But I, I think folks will get quite a bit of information from his discussion. Yeah, it's kind of funny, Jeff, you bring that, that point up about location. And I think that's, um, that's something that, that probably not near enough forethought goes into. And I, I, I talked to Dr. Higgins and Dr. Jackson and, and they'll say, you know, I was on a farm the other week and and person brought me out and had built a brand new structure and, and says, well, what do you think about it? You know, and, or they're having issues with it, you know, and the, once the structure's built, it's a little bit too late at that point in time to start then asking questions of what should I have done? <laughs> so uh, putting the forethought into it and getting that right location. I mean, that is, that is really key. And, and hopefully, uh, these guys will give us some forethought onto that in these programs and and uh, and, and get people off on the right foot. Even even structure design. I mean, the internet has brought us access to a lot of information and a lot of resources, and sometimes we are guilty of adopting management or technology that 
may not fit our environment. And I, I think of some of the building structures out there that are designed where you have predominantly a prevailing wind from the west or northwest. And that's just not the case here in Kentucky. The the wind tends to come from any direction on any given day. And so um, sometimes just learning a little bit about that for ventilation is important. And, and maybe a monoslope building isn't the best design for us. And maybe it is depending on where you're at. All right. Yeah. And hills and things like that as well. Yep. And, and there's some other things on the, on the uh, kind of ROWLI program too, that we should probably just discuss real quick. So can folks can still go back and watch all the previous versions or our previous sessions as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, we've got, uh, we got almost all of them uh, captured on YouTube or in video and, and have them up on YouTube. Um, if anybody needs that, I'm going to give you my, uh, my email address and that can serve a couple of purposes. Uh, to participate in the, the Reaching Out While Locked In program this fall, if you did not previously register, if you've already registered and participated in some of the earlier ones, then you're on the list and you'll get the invitations. If you have not, then you need to register. And the best way to do that is to send me an email. You can check with your county agent and they can get you in contact if you don't have a way to write my email down now. But uh, basically, it needs to, an e email needs to come to me at D Bullock. And that's just D is in dog, Bullock, B U L L O C K, at uky.edu. So dbullock at uky.edu. Just send me a message. Give me your name. Uh, I'm assuming that the email you'll be address you're sending from is the one you want to receive. Uh, and please include your county as well. Um, and if you'll send me your name and your county, then I'll get you on the registration list. And the morning of the program, you'll get an invitation that has the, the link to log in and the password. So that's the process. And if you want the, if you want to get the, uh, the links to all the YouTube videos, send me an email in that regard and I'll send you that list as well. Otherwise, they can also go on to our animal science uh, webpage, right? So the University of Kentucky Animal Sciences website, go to the beef page, and then under video resources, they should be able to find them there, correct? Absolutely. They're, they're there. Now, the, the counties, um, in Kentucky, we have the, the, the CAPE monies that are uh, available on the county levels. And a lot of the counties have approved these programs as part of their educational requirements for those. And um, I assume that these new programs coming up will also qualify for those. They do. Now, Jeff, there's one caveat there, but I don't know of any situation where it hasn't been approved. But uh, all programs that, that qualify for the educational have to be approved by the local county agent. Uh, but all you, we we go through that process on the, during the program. Uh, there's a password that you can put in place of the signature for the speaker, um, and then just get a, an email basically from your county agent saying that it is an approved educational program. Uh, and yes, it does qualify. We've had a lot of people that have qualified for their educational portion for Kate by watching 
these uh, sessions. So absolutely. And, and there may be a little different from county to county. I know some counties are requiring a, a small quiz at the end to encourage folks to actually uh, pay attention, if you will. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but you know, be sure to, to visit with your county ag agent and find out what those requirements are and, and make sure that the programs qualify for your CAPE educational requirements and take advantage of these programs. And, you know, even if you if you just watch the one or two that you need for your educational requirements, there's still a lot of good information that's being shared. And I'd encourage folks to participate in all of them. Yeah, it's a it's it's pretty minimal um sort of, of effort to, to get quite a bit of information. And like I say, we do it on Tuesday evenings and we try to keep it fairly relaxed. It's not intense, and uh, but a lot of good education. Let's wrap up with some football discussion. So Auburn, uh, for some reason, you care a lot about them. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it's been a few years there. But it looks like Auburn uh, gets to open up with the uh, UK there at Auburn. So what's your prediction? Well, it depends. You know, Auburn's kind of going through some of the COVID kickback. Uh, they haven't practiced in almost a week now because of this. So uh, I, I actually think it's going to be a really good game. Um, Auburn's really, really young this year, but has a, an up-and-coming rising star at quarterback. Uh, Kentucky is on the flip side, uh, pretty experienced uh, for the most part. And um, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I'm, I just hope we get to the point where we have football, Jeff. Oh, yeah. I, you know, you mentioned that. And I was watching one of the sports uh, shows a little bit last night. And um, uh, I can't remember what team it was now, but they were, they've been down two weeks without practice. And so that, that does have a bit of a – impact when you're coming up in you know it's what the end of september here when the first uh, auburn uk yeah we're, we're under four weeks yeah so it's it's going to be here pretty quick and if you miss two weeks of practice well and no spring practice on top of that yeah so uh, yeah we're going to have a, a bunch of freshmen that are they're going to be running around like a bunch of chickens with their heads chopped off, I'm afraid. Well, so. there's probably going to be a few few plays that don't go quite right because they just yeah. you know, not quite got the plays down. So it'll it, it'll be entertaining. Though. It'll be a hot, lot better than than what we've had so far if we can get there and, and get pull it off. All right. So so Auburn played. Hey, Jeff, what, what, I'm sorry. Uh, can I put one plug in, though? But go off football for just a second. I know you know that's not very much me, but I want to put a plug in real quick for Beef Bash because it's coming up on us really quick, too. So uh, October 1st is going to be Beef Bash. We are doing it, but it is going to be virtual as well. Um, so talk to your county agent. They should be able to get you all the information. Once again, it requires a registration, a different registration than the, the reaching out while locked in registration. So uh, make sure you talk to your county agent and get that information and join us. It's going to be a virtual field day. It'll be during the day of October 1st. Uh, and it will be those will be live sessions for the most part. Um and, uh, and all speakers, even if they take their session, they're going to be available for questions and all. And we're going to make it as, as practical as possible. Great reminder. And, and actually, I've got Dr. Van Valen lined up to uh, 
to do the next podcast and visit a little bit about that and give more information and details. It'll be pushing right up to the the program though, so it's good to get a plug in there now. Yeah. So let's let's wrap up with uh, you know your your rivalry with uh, Kevin. Kevin was on last week, and um, Auburn and LSU play uh, the end of October. So um, where do you where do you stand on that game when it comes to that's a that's a no brainer. Come <laughs> on, those, those are fake tigers. They don't stand a chance. <laughs> I've got way more confidence in us stomping LSU than than Kentucky. I, I'm I'm more concerned about Kentucky as an Auburn fan. Well, there you go. And and the other thing is is um, you know there may be a little bit of overconfidence when they come into that game, and sometimes that can hurt them. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we need all the help we can get. Well, any closing remarks that you'd like to share? No, I appreciate you getting this uh, these podcasts uh, kicked off, Jeff. I think this is great. It's a it's a good opportunity to to have a little bit of informal discussion about the cattle business, and uh, I, I appreciate you pulling this off and uh, getting it rolling. No worries. Glad to do it. We've you know we're all trying to reach out the best that we can in these situations. So this is just one additional way that we can try and get a little information out there and keep it a bit on the lighter side. Good deal. Thanks again, uh, Dr. Bullock, for joining us. This has been uh, episode three of the Beef Bits podcast. We were talking about uh, reaching out while locked in and the programs that are coming up here this fall. Please uh, contact Dr. Bullock by emailing him at the address that he shared, dbullock at uky.edu, to register for those programs and get on the list so that you can join in on those We'll catch you in uh, two weeks for the next episode with Dr. Katie Van Valen.